Hi class, let's start the chapter. Okay, today we will talk, we keep talking about the new part, which is part two, employment. And the employment we will be talking about chapter eight, which is about staffing and how we do the staffing. Now in this chapter, things that we're gonna cover and uh, will help the managers answers in is in what ways do this business strategy and organizational culture affect the staffing decision? What screening and selection methods are available in the market and in which ones are the most accurate? What should be done to improve the pre-employment interviews and processing? Can, can work sample test improve staffing decisions? What are some advantage and potential problem to consider in using the assessment centers to select managers? Now, hopefully this week we will be doing one chapter, but commencing of next week, we might be doing two chapters. So we finally finish all the materials uh, on time. Now, this is, I love this figures, is telling you when the company in what stage and how they're supposed to do the selection and how they uh, do a management selection strategy. So if they are in a, so the relationship between the development stage of an organization and management selection strategy that best fit each stage. At the startup, you need entrepreneurs management selection strategy entrepreneurs. At the high growth, when they start company growing, entrepreneurs for growth, but growth directors to build stable management system. So you need to build a stable management system for them because you ought to start growing very high. Now at the mature level, here where you are looking for bureaucrats who are comfortable with the repetitions and who can develop an economic, economize of scale. And when it's in the aging, again, you are entrepreneurs who will cut, recognize, and survive. Now, what's a culture? Culture is a shared values and a basic assumption that explain why organizations do what they do and focus on what they focus on exists at a fundamental level of awareness, grounded in the history and tradition of the company, source of collective identities and commitment, and also a way in which the value and action of managers and employees create a unique business environment. So it's the background of things that uh, help you to do things, to perceive things, to uh, cooperate with other team members in the company. <clears throat> now, the mechanism through which organizational culture is embedded and transmitted. 
It's one is a formal statement of the organization philosophy and material used for recruitment, selection, and socializing, socializations of a new employees. Second thing is a promotion criteria, and also as a stories, legend, and myth about key people and the event, what leaders pay attention to, measures and control, and implicit and possibility of unconscious criteria that leaders use to determine who fits key slots in the organization. So it's a good guideline for you when you're looking at all these points, how it's a good guideline for you to understand the company and to understand how you're gonna be stabilized in the company and how you're gonna be promoted through understanding these cultural organizational culture. The implications of organization culture for staffing decision. Uh, culture vary across the organization. In the, you know, um, each organization has a different culture. Individual will, will consider this information if it is available to them in their job search process. It's important that you understand the organizational culture and how they're working so you can really, uh, you know, have a better interview with the company. So this is why we say you need to check their website, understand their, you know, background as a company, and then you will be able to have a very successful uh, interview. Individual who choose jobs with organizations that are consistent with their own values, beliefs, and attitudes are more likely to be productive, satisfied, and employees. So if you are not really, do not believe into this type of organizational culture of that company, it would be difficult for you to adjust to it, or they would not adjust to you, to yours. Now, selecting or selection of programs. Goals is to identify applica applicants who score high on a measures that purport to assess knowledge, skills, ability, or other characteristics that are critical for job performance. So it's a process of selecting the best fit person for this position for certain organ certain position within the organization there is types of selections error that you might see and occur there's a erroneous acceptance which is selecting someone who should be rejected and erroneous uh, rejection which is rejecting someone who should be accepted. And you can, you know, see some stories about that. Um, so um, uh, that could be a very uh, costly for these two cases, costly for a company. Now we have a measurement and we have to have a reliability of the measurement for that measurement. So. The measurement is considered to be reliable if it is consistent of stable over time. 
it's always the same measure and over uh, and, uh, over time across different sample of items and across different rate or judgment working independently. This is what you call a reliability of measurement, of reliable. So always the same answers when you do, you know, and always uh, across different samples, whether it's what sample is using, you still have the same answers and across the rate or judges working independently. Now there is, Reliability and there is a validities. And validities of measurement is degree to which inference decision makers make about the job performance from predictors measured are accurate. So there is things that you uh, putting as a as a benchmark or something that you can test it and have the same result. That's what you call a validities measurement. And if this is always occurs, uh, this phenomena, then it's a reliable. The degree to which the evidence supports the interference that are drawing from the scores of rating on a selection procedure. So we have certain questions. And is all, if these answers is will be predicting as a percentage once. So if the person is scoring 100, he might be um, at work scoring 75%. If he's scoring 80, he might be scoring at work 30%. You know, this is the, the, the validities. Now the quantitative evidence of validity is expressed in the term of a coloration coefficient between the scores and predictors of job. As we said, it could be one-to-one. -one. So if he's scoring 100, he's going to do 100%. Or it could be if he's scoring 100, he's going to do 80%. So this is what is valid about it. So in employment context, predictability validities typically vary between 0.2 to 0.50. Check on the concept of reliabilities and validities when you have a free time. And you could find out what's different between them, which, which is very important issues. Now there is the screening and selection method, employment, uh, you know, like employment application forms. Employment application form should only ask information that is a valid and fair with the respect the nature of the job. So you don't need to ask somebody how many children you have, do you have a, a, a bad neighbors, how's your car? These are not valid questions when you're asking somebody to deliver, um, uh, you know, a nine to five uh, clerk job, for example. But if you are asking a question, about somebody who is a salesperson who is has to drive, then you can ask a question about um, does he have a valid uh, car, for example. A guideline that suggests which question to delete is basically any question that might lead to adverse impact on the employment of members of group protected under the civil law. For example, what's your skin color, what's your religion background, what, you know, are you male or a female? These are can all should not be part of the um, screening 
Okay, uh, and should not be in the form of uh, uh, application. Now, any question that cannot be demonstrated to be job-related or that does not concern a bona fide occupational qualification. Like, I might ask you what's your background, what's your family's background education. That should not be uh, uh, contributing to your ability to to demonstrate and be able to contribute to the company. So you need to stay away from such a question. And any question that could constitute an invasion of privacy. So are you married? Do you have a boyfriend or do you have a girlfriend? How many? This is a privacy, so you shouldn't be asking these questions. So the recommendation, reference, and background check, this is part after you doing the interviews, could be, or before you do the interview. Provide the following kind of information about the job applicant. You need to, you know, when you want to recruit somebody, you need to have somebody as a reference or a background check or get a recommendation. For example, um, education and employment history, ability to perform a particular job, character and interpersonal competence, willingness of the past or current employer to rehire the applicant. So these are the things that they might ask, uh, the references uh, to, to confirm the references and background check. Now, um, Recommendation or reference check will be meaningful only if the people providing it, it as they have had an adequate opportunity to observe you, the, uh, to observe the, the applicant in the job relevant situation, are competent to evaluate the applicant job performance, can express such as evaluation in a way that is meaningful to prospective employer and are completely a candid. So these are the type of the people as can be the reference for you if you're applying for a job. Now, the guideline for asking reference information. First, you need to develop and follow a written policy outline procedures for the check-in reference. So when you're trying to do the check-in reference, you need to have certain procedures to be done. And also you need to restrict the employees who conduct reference check to only HR staff or hire a manager trained to ask the appropriate question. Don't ask, let anybody else ask a question. It is a situation that we, uh, one of the companies we're facing is the fact um, this person, after he got hired, he went to the bank and opened an account. So the, the money get transferred for this. So this person also applied for a credit card and the bank wanted to check how much is, is it confirming how much he's making. It's a, so they pick up the phone, not asking who they are talking to, but, they asking, does this person make that much money? And unluckily, this bank 
the mistake that, and this is a life one, I, 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 I know this happened. Um, the banker asked this uh, employee, does this guy uh, make $1,500 a week? Now, it turned out this person in who's answering this phone, he is his supervisor, which is was making $1,200 a week. So now the supervisor find out that one of his employees makes more money than him. And they went to, this person supervisor went to the management and told them, how come one of my employee makes more money than I do? Now, they put this uh, company in a bad situation where they had to raise uh, the salary for this person manager and also made a, this, manage, uh, this manager uh, have a problem with his, his employee because he was making more money than him. So the CEO called the bank and the bank, the only thing they did, they had to fire this employee who gave that call. They assumed that. I, I think they moved him away because this is, can be taken to the court and sue the bank for that. So they restrict the employee who conduct the reference check to HR staff or hire manager to train, to ask appropriate questions to appropriate people. Ask each applicant to provide at least three professional references, obtain the applicant's written consent to contact former employees, employer, Try to contact at least two of these references via phone, email, or online survey. Document the attempts to contact the references and note their response. There is a negligent in hiring as negligent in the work. Employees can be held reliable for negligent hiring if they fail to close, to check closely enough on the prospective employee who then commits a crime in the course of performing his or her duties. For example, when we went in a school, there was one of the professors who joined our university, um, and I was a student there, he was kicked out or under a case of sexual harassment in the, another university. So the other university, they were paying him while he's on the case, which is totally legal, but getting recruited by the new university is unacceptable. So what they did, they had to reverse that and they cannot reverse it. So they put him also on a paid leave. So the gentleman, that person, who was teaching in the one university getting paid until the case gets cleared. And again, he's getting paid in the another university until the previous case gets cleared. But he wasn't teaching in, the, in the both universities. So here is a negligent that the, this second university did not check on the previous one. So when it took uh, courts, receive a negligent hiring claim, the key considers that the following. What would be, would the risk have been discovered through a through background check? In this case, no, they hired this person, 
signed the contract, and then they found out. Did the nature of the job cause a greater risk? That's what the court was going to see. Did the employer have a greater responsibility to conduct a thorough background investigation because of the nature of the job? Uh, was the action intentionally? When we get hired, we always go through this check. They check our background. They want to make sure we've never been in where we are risking some lives of others. So this is important before you're hiring somebody. Now, there is also an assessment method that you have to go through it when you're selecting some of them. Is a drug screening. Check his drug, whether he's a drug addict. Integrity test. Cognitive ability test. Personality measurement. You can do a measurement of emotional intelligence. You can do a personal history data. You do employment interviews, work sample tests, and assessment center. If you don't know any of these words, I will be explaining some of them, but you need to also check them on Wikipedia. What is these meaning for it? In the drug screening, which is the first one, involuntary turnover and absenteeism are the outcome of a drug testing forecast mostly accurate. So usually drug addict people usually don't show up at work or they just quit or something like that. So you need to do this. And this is, can be, the Supreme can be in the court has upheld. And you can do urine testing or blood testing, all these things, or you know, you can send them to the doctor to do that, these testing. Um, procedure that can be instituted to avoid legal challenges. So you can do a formal all employees and job applicants or writing of the company policy regarding the drug use. You can also include the policy that, and the possibility of testing all employment. For example, CNN, um, CN always do this drug alcohol testing because uh, it's important because you can risk somebody's health uh, as you're uh, working on the train, somebody's health life. Present the program in a medical and safety context. Forbid employees from reporting to work or working while under the influence of alcohol or drugs. You can outline the procedure for taking the test and continuing to comply with the federal regulations. Now, if you, for example, you're applying for a school uh, as a bus driver, you have to go to a doctor and they do all these testing. There are some things that could be um, ignored or just don't pay attention to, for example, type certain type of uh, diabetes. But when you have a problem that you get faint out or you're an alcoholic or you're a drug problem, then you, you know, they will not hire you for that. Now you have something called integrity testing. So you use regularly by employers representing the retail stores, mostly nuclear planet, law enforcement agency and childcare facilities. Um, the shrinkage is estimated to make up almost 1.338% of annual sales. Shrinkage is like a loss due to the employee theft. 
shoplifting, vendor fraud, and administrative errors. This is when you work, for example, in a store, you would notice this is a shoplifting and there is employees who really in charge uh, indirectly for uh, pinpointing shoplifters, for example. Types, uh, the overt integrity test or a clear purpose test designed to assess directly a person's attitude toward the dishonest behavior. There is another one which is called personality-based measures or distinguished pur purpose test aimed to predict a broad range of counterproductive behaviors at work. So the first is designed to assess directly the person attitude towards the dishonest behavior of others. And here is to aim to predict a broad range of counterproductive behavior at work. <coughs> There's another test called cognitive ability test types. There is a measure, and it does measures of general intelligence, verbal and nonverbal, and numerical tests. You, I think, you, when you apply for jobs, you went through these. Some of them, spatial relationships, ability, motor function, mechanic, mechanical information, reasoning, and comprehension. Whether you have a clerical aptitude and inductive reasoning. And these are probably the average validities of alternative predictors, job performance. Just go through them and see how these things is going to work. For example, the integrity test is 48, 41% predictability is there, but it doesn't mean 100%. So you might feel somebody has a low level integrities or, you know, but actually, he, when it comes to the serious case, you would find out, no, he's the most and has the highest level. Or, for example, job knowledge test, which is 48%, because sometimes you notice that person cannot express his knowledge without, you know, being on this case. So these are the validities, average validities of Antonadam. There is more here, uh, there is a coloration between, for example, job ref reference check and validity of job experience in years and validities. Now, validity generalization, results of a validity study conducted in one situation can be generalized to another situation as long as it can be shown that job in the two situations are similar. So as we said in the earlier presentation, it, it is always going to be, you know, uh, resulting the same thing. So this is what you call validity. So you go back and start to distinguish between reliabilities and validities. Thousands of studies has been done on the prediction of the job performance. Um, validity generalization allows one to use their database to establish definitive value for the average validity of more productive. For example, a salesperson can do a good, uh, who's doing good in sales, can do a good job in customer care, for example, because he can speak, uh, because he's a salesperson. So we know his verbal communication can do 
you know, this job and this job. Now what's remaining is his knowledge. We need, are we, is he coming with the knowledge or do we have to build the knowledge? But these two things can be, you know, valid. There is something issue of faking. Applicant might distort their response in a way they believe will make a positive impression of the employers. There are some applicants who usually change some wording in their um, application just to go on the top with the, you know, these days when you open or uh, you're looking for an employee, you will have to see a hundred applicants is going there. And, you know, the HR will not go through these. So first of all, we put certain app, certain application app that processes and try to allocate certain words that he's looking for. And then these certain applicant uh, CVs goes on the top and the HR usually looks at these. So there's one of this way of faking it is putting these wording that might be noticeable for the app to move this application on the top. This is, a, you know, one of the distorts. Response distortion can have a dramatic effect on who is hired, even though it has a detectable event on a pred or predictable validities. Sometimes, you know, when you submit your application, uh, the process when you put a, a certain date might be not matching these dates, so the system would not accept it and start, you know, it tells you fix the date or something like that. One strategy to control the effect of faking is to perform a st statistical cor correction, but they're not generally effective in general. A more practical strategy is to warn job applicant to in advance that the distortion can and will be deducted. That verification procedure exists and that there will be a consequences for it. For example, you will tell him after he applies and he accepts it, they need to check to him and there is a wording for him saying, if you lied on the application, we have the right to reject you or to fire you. Now, the other thing that you're really looking for and people who are usually doing good, well in the management position are the people who is have, uh, what do you call a high level of emotional intelligence, not uh, intelligent. So, so emotional intelligence is ability to perceive, appraise, and express emotion. Understand the emotion, appraise the emotion, and express it. So it's a well-established component of a successful leadership. Emotional component or ECI, 360, measure the personal competence and the social competence. Purpose is to measure the key competencies that contribute to the outstanding performance of workplace. Composed of four dominant things is whether there is this person, how high is in his self-awareness, how high in the self-management, how high is in the social awareness and is relationship management. Personal history. Personal history, as you know, is a biographical information that has been used widely and successfully 
on a base for staffing. So in your CV, there is a personal history. At the executive level, general biographical data may be replaced by critical experience. It means that in this case, what did I do and how I made it successful? That's what you call a critical experience. Now we have the case of uh, employment interviews. Now the recommendation, what it's supposed to be in the internal when you when you perform an interview. Base interviews, first of all, on job analysis. Ask the same general question of each candidate, the same thing. Use the detailed rating scale. So you have a scales for it with the behavior description to illustrate the scale point. So there is, if he's answering five, but he's sitting like this, or his eyes was down, you or need to behavior description, or he gets angry, or he's like, you know, something like that. Take a detailed note. Use a multiple interviewers, do not have one person, so two people can be sitting asking this question or three people asking this. Provide an extensive training on the interviewers interviewing, so people who's interviewing should be a very well trained. And do not discuss or answer between interviews. Uh, and use a statistical weight for each dimension as well an overall judgment of suitabilities to combine the information. Now you have the contract effect, the contrast effect. The tendency among interviewers to evaluate the current candidate interview performance relative to those that immediately preceded. So if you have a positive somebody, you are interviewed with him and feel very comfortable. The next guy, you might, if he's lower, you might feel very negative about him, very negative, not very small negative. So this is what you call a contract uh, effect. Employer are likely to achieve a non-biased hiring decision if the they concentrate on shaping interviewer behavior. So you, you need to bring the interviewer to certain stage of behavior where they can be requiring establishing a specific system for conducting the employment interviews. A systematic interview will minimize uncertainties. So systematic would be in this office, in this environment, he should be sitting that side, I should be sitting certain. These are all systematic, so it can take away, minimize the uncertainties. Work sample or situational test. So you might have some kind of a standardized measures of behavior whose primary objective is to assess the ability to do rather than ability to know. Now, some of you have working in the entry-level job or will be in the beginning entry-level job. And once you graduate, you will go through these as the other side and you understand if you're more ready to get into the mind of interview, you expect how it's supposed to be done, then it's easy for you to really to go through any interview. 
So a test like a kind of a motor skills test, which is involved a physical manipulation of things, how you put things together, all these things. Then you have a verbal skills test, which is involved a problem situation that my preliminary language or people oriented. Um, so they give you a case scenario and you have to say what I'm supposed to do. Uh, types of situational tests that are used to evaluate and select them managers is they give you a group exercise or individual exercise because a manager is involved in a, a group activities. Now, there is a popular, popular uh, situation of test knowing and you know, you sometimes you went to it and says, bring extremely happy, not happy, totally agree, disagree, and some stages between them. It's called leaderless group discussions. And it's a basket in a basket test, uh, assist an individual's ability to work independently is a very important. Can they work? And then you have what you call situational judgment test, consists of serious job-related situation present in written or verbal or visual form which is called SGT. Now, consideration determined predictors to be used in the staffing process. So there is, what things that I need to predict, user predict, what things I need to take into predictions, uh, measurements, that they can help me to select staffing. First, the nature of job, what kind of job I'm looking for somebody, so if you, an office job, then I need any person who can deliver this job. You don't need a physical strong person, for example. Then you have an estimate of validity of predictors, and you have a selection or percentage of applicants selected, and how much cost of this predictor. So the key terms that we went through is organizational culture, reliabilities, validities, neglecting of hiring, shrinkage, we talked about integrity tests, we talked about validity generalization, we spoke about personalities, we talked about the neurochisms, we were extroversion and kind of openness of to experience. We talked about the agreeableness, people who usually how how degree they agree with others. And we spoke about the work samples. And we the last thing we talked about it is leaderless group discussion or LGD and in a, in a, in a basket test and selection ratios. So here we are. We're done with this chapter. Hopefully, we went through this chapter. If you have any question, please write to me, or you can we can always check on uh, websites about these information. If you're missing or you want to dig deeper, you always feel free to write to me. Okay, bye bye.